Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho? What is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head, 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking them. <laughs> he clearly, right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here's your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hello and welcome to Fish Hunt Northwest. Dwayne England, Tommy Donlan, back here in studio. It's That's Thursday, right. buddy, and we are, we are here where? Where are we? Summit Lake, baby. The beautiful shores. Yes. How about this weather? I know, it's phenomenal. Uh, I got a little we sun off the water today. Only had to wait eight months for it, but it is here. <laughs> it yep. is here. Let's hope it just continues, man, because yep. this is fantastic. So glad the warm weather is finally here. Hopefully, you folks are getting out and getting some things accomplished. I know we've uh, been enjoying it as well. Going to bring a lot of that to you this evening on some of the stuff we've been doing. You know, I've been on the road a lot mm-hmm. lately. Yes, Holy we have. Holy smokes. Put a lot of miles on the truck. Holy cow. Yep. It's just going to continue. Yeah, right? it is. So I uh, want to welcome everybody to the show. We have a very full show once again this evening. Lots of topics to tackle, lots of insightful information coming your way. So thanks for tuning in. Please grab our content here and share it out with all your friends. Invite them to the party because it's going to be a good one. And Tommy, before we get too far along, I want to remind everybody, hey, do us a favor. Go to our webpage, www. Uh, what is it? www.fishhuntnw.com. <laughs> Uh, there you're going to find a couple of coupon codes that you need to start using. The FHN20 coupon code at checkout, uh, edge rods, all edge rods, 20% off all the time at checkout through Fish Hunt Northwest. And of course, Phelps Game Calls, and this goes on for the entire year, Tommy, as we bounce in and out of hunting opportunities as the season progresses. Uh, Phelps Game Calls, Fish Hunt 10, 10% off all Phelps Calls mm-hmm. for the entire year. Uh, along with that, you know, uh, this weather is very conducive to getting outside and just getting going on some of this stuff. Lots of opportunity out there. We have so many things on the calendar. We do. It's a struggle sometimes. It's, uh, as, yeah. uh, as, uh, as William used to say, frozen with indecision, right? Yes. But you gotta make a, you got to make a plan, and you got to just commit to something and yeah. go get it done. So, And uh, a little more on that later on as, the, as we get through this show. Tommy, I don't know if you caught this earlier in the week, but um, there was a, an announcement. On a, it came out of a, a judge, I believe, up in Seattle area, definitely here in western Washington. Uh, was... Paying attention to a few other lawsuits and things going on with the Wild Fish Conservancy, but he also kind of slid in there under the radar to many. Uh, he's apparently closing the lucrative Southeast Alaska troll fishery that goes from summer into winter yeah. troll fishery up there in Southeast Alaska. Right. Did you catch that? I, I did, and and you know, and that's where a lot of our fish end up, right? Yeah. And, and so, and it's pretty surprising for that to come 
at this time of year because mm-hmm. it's it's right on the beginning of their season, right? True. Um, but, you know, but ultimately, right, they're looking out for our southern resident killer whales, yep. right, which, um, you know, biologists have indicated that there's a lot of concern uh, for that strain of killer whale and that mm-hmm. and that set of killer whales. And so, you know, by shutting down that troll fishery, and I think the reason this judge made the decision is that shutting down that fishery actually increases their prey base by 6%. Correct. And, you know, working with a biologist team, what they've determined is that increasing it by 6% will actually stabilize their population, right? Their population Mm -hmm. has been in decline. Sure. um, But looking at the data, shutting down that troll fishery, allows their prey base to kind of remain even it doesn't increase their population but if they can keep it even right at least they can save uh the southern killer whale so that's really the reason for the decision. that is the uh that is the goal it will more than likely be disputed by the mm-hmm. troll fisheries and yeah. unions and stuff up there that being said i mean it puts a pretty considerable amount of more chinook on the waters here around yes Western Washington, and then around 200,000 fish coming back, possibly 175,000 to the Columbia. <clears throat> Heck, even in the backyard over here, you know, Grays Harbor region, we could be looking at, you know, eight to 10,000 more Chinook on yes. the spawning grounds. The question will be if this holds and finds its way to actually come true, WDFW, co-managers, mm-hmm. what are we going to do with all this Chinook? Right. More to come on this. We're going to pay attention to this one because this yes. could this could be a game changer for our fall fishery. For yeah, sure. for sure. So, all right. Uh, before we get uh, too deep on all of this, let's uh, move it along here. Running down the show, uh, guests lined up tonight: Shane Magnuson, Upper Columbia Guide Service, the Drano 500, Tommy, and of course the Wind River. How is the madness going this season? We're going to check in with him. Also, a uh, great little interview segment: uh, Matt Shot. Um, myself and him over there with Eric Broughton, the history of the turkey cabin. You've heard me talk about the turkey cabin. Now we got a little sit-down inter- interview with Eric that just kind of describes the whole thing. Uh, great little piece of information. Glad to bring this one to everybody. Then, FHN on the water. Hey, we teamed up last weekend, buddy, with Defiance Marine and Ray Marine boys out at Nia Bay, Halibut and Lingcod, the opener, the good times. We'll recap it and bring you the video that we shot on our amazing day with you at the helm. Uh, then also, news updates, uh, things to be aware of, and information you can use. We'll close out the show with some announcements and, of course, uh, remind you all about the Kids Derby coming up. Lots mm-hmm. to get through and not enough time to do it, so we're going to jump out for a quick break. We come back. Shane Magnuson, Upper Columbia Guide Service, right here, Fish on Northwest. The Pines Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. Defiance Marine guarantees the best price on a new and best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda Premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine is a boat dealer who proudly sells Defiance, Allied, and Arima boats. All boats are built by West Coast fishermen for West Coast fishermen. Defiance Marine has all your boating needs to help you get out on the water. All right, welcome back here to the show, Fish on Northwest. And uh, Tommy, ever fished Drano or the Wind River, Upper Columbia? No, I've seen plenty of videos that preclude me from having to ever do that. It doesn't make you want to just jump no, in a boat and no. go? No, that, no, that's why I spent a lot of time on the ocean, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, our next guest is deep-rooted into this uh, madness up there. He's been doing it for years. Uh, longtime friend Shane Magnuson, Upper Columbia Guide Service. And he is bouncing back and forth between the Drano 500 and the Wind River, chasing these spring Chinook that uh, everybody wants to get uh, get their teeth into. How you doing tonight, buddy? I am doing good. How are you guys? Hey, we're fantastic. Excellent. Yep, thanks for joining us. So, hey, I looked at dam count, Shane. We had just shy of 8,000 
Uh, Spring Chinook over Bonneville yesterday. I didn't get today's count, but uh, those numbers are starting to tick up. So I got to imagine uh, there's quite a few fish in around the toilet bowl there at uh, Drano 500 and up there around the wind where you're putting in most of your time. Overall, how's the fishing going? Plenty of fish around? Yeah, you know, we, we've been fishing it for a couple weeks now, and it was, with the smaller numbers, it was a grind, but we were still actually doing pretty well. And uh, now with this uptick in numbers the last three days, it's, uh, it's definitely game time. There's plenty of fish around and, uh, and, and plenty of people after them also. But, uh, yeah, no, bite's been really good. Hey, that's excellent. So I, I've, I've never been there, right? I spend most of my time on the salt chain, you know. And I've seen the pictures, and it is like, at, at Drano, it is like, uh, you know, Talladega Nights meets bumper boats, right? It's it's just, you know, it's crazy how yeah. many vessels can Wrap your boat in tires and go for it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so I see that, right? And I'm thinking, okay, like, when you hook a fish, you guys must be using, like, high-speed lever drags, like 50 wides, just trying to get these fish in the bow. But I'm just curious, like with this really tiny area and so many fish and so many boats packed in the area, what is the go-to rig? What are you using to catch these fish? You know, so it, it depends. Um, you know, both Drano and the wind are very different fisheries uh, just because of that aspect. If you get into Drano and you get so tight, um, troll speeds really slow down. So we, uh, we drop the size of our gear a lot, uh, small blades, even down to kokanee size, little mm -hmm. spinner blades, um, little itty bitty 3.0 Hildebrandt blades, um, smile blades, you know, anything that will spin and still let your flasher rotate at a Mach zero speed. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the key. And then, uh, everybody just gets in there and, and, uh, see which shrimp they want for the day uh we're fishing mostly coon shrimp underneath uh underneath those blades with uh with a pro troll and um you know i go out there with about four different gears and see which one they want for the day yeah awesome. makes sense how much lead are you using on that you know we we start uh i taper back if i run six rods we start our front rods with 12 ounces 10 ounces in the middle and eight ounces out the back uh, when it gets really busy bumper boats and I'll bump that up to 14, 12s and 10s mm -hmm. just to keep everything a little more straight down. Yeah. So when mm -hmm. it does get busy like that and gets crowded, do these fish, can they, can it literally like shut a bite down? And if that does happen, what do you do to try and, you know, re-energize or get that bite going again? You know, it's, uh, there's, it definitely can shut a bite down. You'll get a batch of fish in there and you're still marking them, but you got all these boats kind of pushing them around. Um, it, really, you're just, you're waiting on new flushes of fish, you know, the, those, those new ones that come swimming underneath that bridge into Drano, they haven't seen anything in 170 miles. So mm. they come in, they're pretty ready to snap. Yeah. And, um, and then once they're in there for a little bit, of course, they get dizzy with everything going around and then they don't want to bite and you just got to kind of wait for the new ones to come in. Uh, as the season goes on and there's not new ones coming in, they do start to stack up out in the lake and out there you can do more things on them with troll speeds and plugs and different things to get away from some of the boats. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the interesting things, uh, the rules that they put into effect, right, is that they have a demarcation line now where, you know, the bank fishermen, right, that they have their water 
and then the people in boats they have their water right i i you know what i, I really think it would make a good reality tv show <laughs> to film what's going on here but yeah. they're trying to de-conflict the two different user groups right. and i and yeah. i and i get it and so now you know that that you know as, as we like to joke right the toilet bowl the drano 500 right the, the track it's gotten a little bit smaller and I'm curious, so as you're you're in this giant, you know, circle with all the other boats and you're trying to, you know, you're slowing down, you're speeding up, you're trying not to hit people and you're trying to still make your gear work effectively. You know, you mentioned downsizing to make sure that everything still spins and works at the lowest speed. Do you notice that when you really have to slow down um, to avoid, you know, maybe a boat collision or just to try to get in the right lane, do you notice that you're not as effective trolling at that low, low, low speed, or does it really matter at all? Absolutely. You know, we, we slow down and, uh, you know, it gets to the point where it's so crowded in there that, um, you're only fishing about half the circle and mm -hmm. half the circle. You're just fighting to get back to the other half that your gear is fishing. And that happens a lot. Sometimes the bike gets so good in there that it doesn't matter. And you can be in neutral and they're biting your shrimp hanging straight up and down. But, um, for the most part, when it does get crowded, yeah, you're, you're, you're fighting for very little fishing time. Mm -hmm. And and that gets frustrating for a lot of people. And, um, we try to, uh, there, there's a good group of us in there that try to encourage people to speed up and, and spread out the circle a little bit, you know, go a little bit further into the lake before you make the turn and make the circle a little bigger so that we can keep a little better pace. Everybody catches more fish that way. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's hard. You get a good bite going on right in the corner where everybody's turning and, and then, uh, and then you get guys that want to cut back in. So it's, it's definitely a, a, a constant battle kind of wait your turn and, you know, as people flush in and out of the circle, you know, the fish do, and you eventually get your shots. Sounds like a little bit of sound advice for newbies that want to come give it a try uh, this year. Uh, there's always new folks they add uh, to the party. Shane, never enough time. We're up against a hard break here, so we need to bounce. But uh, <laughs> appreciate you jumping on this evening, buddy. I know you're busy. Always appreciate your insight. And uh, keep it uh, keep it real out there and keep smiling because fishing's supposed to be fun, right? Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to seeing you guys on the water. All right, buddy. Take All right, care. Good luck. All right, Shane Magnuson, Upper Columbia Guide Service. You can find him at his website and, of course, uh, on Facebook, very active on Facebook. We're going to jump out for a quick break. We come back. A uh, little interview segment I did with Eric Broughton over there at the Turkey Cabin. You guys mm. got to check out this Turkey Cabin and what it truly is all about over there on the east side and how serious they do take their turkey hunting. Don't go anywhere, but we'll be back with that interview right after this break right here at Fish Hunt Northwest. Allied, the new leader in heavy gauge aluminum boats. Allied boats have standard reverse chine and lifting rakes to help you plane faster and run at lower RPMs. Allied boats have several models to choose from, ranging from a 19-foot Mustang all the way up to a 32-foot Liberator. So regardless of what type of heavy gauge aluminum boats you are looking for, Allied boats will have it for you. Contact Allied boats today to learn more about these incredible fishing machines. Hey guys, Dwayne England, Fish on Northwest, here with buddy Eric Broughton. You guys all know Eric the Turkey Whisperer. Well, huh? I guess. I, well, <laughs> it sticks. It's, it's, hey man, you know, nicknames are earned. Yeah. And uh, all of this, you know, it's 
you got hunting cabins, you got deer camp, elk camp, deer cabin, whatever, turkey cabin, turkey camp. You guys take this serious over here on this east side. We do. Yeah, not yeah. messing around. No, it's been fun. Um, lots, lots of history, lots of... This thing, the last time I stayed here, look, you, you plug a generator into this when we gotta have lights at night. Come out here, sit by a fire. We can cook on our camp stoves. Or we got a microwave in there. Got a microwave in there. It's the old AMP and burrito style microwave. You dial up and, it's the, awesome. and you can actually hear the tickets clicking, the, the seconds <laughs> ticking off on there. And yeah, it is. It's a For good those one. breakfast sandwiches in the morning. Yeah, it's perfect. So um, it's basically like camping, uh, albeit we have a, a comfy little structure to sleep in at night. Right. And we don't get uh, mauled by bears. It's kind of nice. No. Right? Nope, so, no bears. But um, we've had them around. What's, uh, explain a little bit on the inside of that cabin, what, what it looks like in there. Well, we have a lot of, uh, you know, just kind of history. And when you're sitting in there, like, we mainly built it just to get out of the wind and right. the weather. Yeah. Because it, wind in Lincoln County, where we're at, mm -hmm. you know, it's terrible in the spring. Yep. And so and you'd be cold chasing birds all day and you'd want to get out of the wind. And so that's the main reason we built it. But since, you know, we had, you know, storms and we're stuck in there playing cards mm -hmm. or doing whatever. And, uh, but yeah, just trying to mark down, you know, just kind of a timeline of events. We started, you know, using the Sharpies on the walls and our little, our, we'd have the little kids run around and they would be writing on the walls and just to keep them entertained before the next, <laughs> you know, storm break so right. that we could go out and hunt, so. We got a wood stove in there. You ever cook food on the wood stove? Get a yeah. pot of soup yep. going or chili a lot of guys, A lot of guys were, uh, would bring a pot of chili or something yeah. to throw on the stove. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, there's a couple couple years we'd come out here and late whitetail, muzzleloader yeah. hunt, you oh, know. Nice. But uh, but the landowner, they uh, she was teaching hunter education out here. Oh. So we so she it's got dual purposes, you know. Right, right. So uh, she, they there. use it. At, yeah, we have a little bar, and we have a, a we have a traditional board. gobble shot every time you oh yeah shoot a bird, okay. and, and then we have uh, if you know we have a camp <laughs> contest. So anybody that shoots the smallest bird is a camp <laughs> every year, and every camp needs. It's just and and so, you know, that's that traditionally that just the history of the camp is you know it's we have uh, a, you know a dance you have to do I mean there's all kinds of stuff and we have new rules that, you know but it's just it's just a good thing uh, that we've created with our our friends and and then new friends and we brought guys into the camp over the years mentored a lot of new turkey hunters mm -hmm. you know which has been probably my favorite part is just getting getting the bug yeah you know oh and you do too uh so. matt's got a turkey tag this year so right on we'll see if we can't get him the smallest bird because <laughs> i want to i want to see those dance moves <laughs> sportco and outdoor emporium is the largest local outfitter in the northwest since 1975 providing thousands of people affordable outdoor gear this summer Make your next outdoor adventure more affordable by shopping at our warehouse-style pricing. We are a local Scotty dealer, offering sales, service, and repair. Located in Fife and Seattle, come visit us today. The outdoors await you. <laughs> you guys built the dance. Look at them. Yeah, well, we, we have, we have uh, all the uh, stuff in there for the ceremony. Perfect, so. yeah. Nothing better than seeing a Viking dress up like a turkey and uh, but, do the Yeah, dance. I mean, the, 
just the camp itself, the, you know, my buddy Dale, uh, mailman, he used, you know, he was the integral part, you know, kind of the, the cornerstone of the camp. And we, we based all of our timing around when he had time off. And it was usually, you know, we always tried to be hunting here. And he passed away and, uh, a while ago. And, and it's, we still get together just in his memory. We yeah. have a couple of, we have a white cross out here on yep. the point in his memory. And, and just, you know, because now that we're getting older, you know, we all um, try to make the time right. to come, even if it's just for a few hours or maybe yeah. if it's just a few days. That's important. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's the camaraderie, and it's more than turkey hunting. Yeah. You know, it's just... Uh, oh, yeah. You can, you can spend a day here and you walk away completely understanding that. If you sit down and talk to you... Right. And just what it all involves and just the draw and you're right it's it's way more than turkey hunting and you know the stories you told me as uh we got to know each other and become friends and all the history you told me about dale we're driving around you know going to different <laughs> public spots looking for turkeys and scouting yeah. turkeys uh, a couple years ago when we were hunting and you, you know it seemed like every every turn in a dirt road had a story with the mailman. Oh, there's just right? so many. I laugh. Yeah. There's so many good moments, you know, and we had so much fun at, you know, Turkey Camp, you know, and it's just, and we, that's all we, these boards, we have stories of every kill, you know, I mean, there's just so many yeah. awesome history, history, moments history. and memories. And, and that's the cool thing about a camp like this, is right. the history that it builds, right. passed on, and as you said, kids that you introduced or helped dads introduce into turkey hunting now have kids of their own. Right, exactly. You know? And they're bringing them out and we're trying to get them on birds and yep. just having a just having a place to go. I mean, a lot of people don't have a place to go. I talked to lots of new hunters. They're like, right. where should I go? Right. And there's lots of places to hunt, but there's not, you know, if you have something that you can make your own, yeah. kind of like this, yeah. it's so, you know, we're just so blessed to have yep. a landowner and friends that allow us to do it. But Absolutely awesome well uh looking forward to uh this next couple days we're gonna get out tonight go scout around a little bit maybe get on a bird maybe put some to roost yeah we got to be plan awesome. for tomorrow morning get up nice yep. and early and get in there where uh where you got some activity and see if we can't pop one in the morning but uh that's why i like coming over here with you because you got a plan <laughs> it's not <laughs> well i i just know that you know it's better to be in the woods than not Absolutely. so and if you can do at least get out there and I know there's lots of birds this year, yep. um, so we should have a good time. All right, well, uh, I say we go grab our gear, get some water, and uh, head on out for this evening. All righty. Opportunity. Sounds good. Let's go do that. All right, welcome back here in the studio to Winning England, Tommy Donlin, and uh, kind of getting on through some uh, bits of info here. Tommy, you know, Oregon has announced uh, along the coast mm -hmm. of Astoria, they're actually, they opened up the beaches again for clamming. Yeah. They have not been open for clamming since September of 22 due to domoic acid. Right. And now it looks like uh, they're actually going to get to get back after it, much like Washington's been enjoying uh, so much clam opportunity, uh, unlike us with 20. Uh, clam limits, they're still, they're still at 15. Those, those poor guys down there, down horrible. south. Oh, it's horrible. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they had um, demoic acid for the last, you know, they had two consecutive weeks where it was below mm -hmm. the, the limit, and so they kind of deemed it acceptable to, to, to open it back up. 
But unfortunately, when you look from Tillamook Head down to the California border, they, they still have the moic acid levels yep. too high, right? And so you still can't climb in those areas, but they are going to have some opportunity further north. The, uh, the interesting thing about that domoic acid and what genera generates it is, you know, the, um, the, uh, basically what the clams eat, mm -hmm. right? And yet, once it gets to a certain level of toxicity, it, uh, they continue to eat it, but once it gets inside them, it turns into a, a neurotoxin for us. Mm -hmm. So it's ironic that it is what they need to eat to survive really has no effect on them other than it has to be flushed out over time. Right. Um, and uh, But when those levels get to that, and so if on your point, when you move from Tillamook further south, warmer water temperatures, probably still generating mm -hmm. that uh, that type of uh, complexity there. Right. So, but in Washington State, yeah. we still have opportunity through Mother's Day, and then that's it. That's the end of our spring digs. That was the so, uh, announcement, yeah, May yeah. 14th, Yep. final day. And let me tell you, it's been good. We went out last weekend, I last saw Sunday, that. right? Yeah. Uh, took Harper. Why? The extra limit. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we had 100 clams to bring home and clean. And, uh, you know, credit to Sherry and Kat. And they jumped in there in the sink and got it going. I was the boiler. And, yeah. uh, you know, the video from the week before, yep. nothing changes. We just did that. But it was 100 times that you have to do that. So yeah, You know, but, and you bring up a good point. So Harper Harper is five now? She's six. Just six. six. Okay, yep. so with kids, right? And WDFW went out and they actually published a video that mm -hmm. said, hey, look, you know, you can't just like strap your kid on your back and then like dig their limit while they're on your back. Yeah. They have to be actively involved. Those are the key words. Uh -huh. They have to be actively involved in the process, sure. right? And so WDFW actually went out and kind of published you know, a video on what does that look like when you're razor clamming and, mm -hmm. and they don't have to be running the gun, but if they're, if they're grabbing the clam out of the, you know, once you, once you, you know, you know, Dig fire it. the fire, the gun, bring yep. it out, dump yep. it out. They're grabbing the clam, right? That, that counts as being actively, actively involved, involved. So, and wearing yep. their, whatever it is, Limit. their, 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 their mesh bag or yes. whatever it is, yep. that bucket, what have you, they have to carry their own limit. And, yep. uh, 20, 20 clams and the size these clams yeah, are? It could be a little bit of weight. Uh, basically, you know, Harper's dragging that thing on the ground. Yeah, she's got a sled. She's doing sled the, work. Yeah, yep. <laughs> doing yep. sled work. Um, hey, one other thing I've been taking advantage of, you get out there and just the sand shrimp mounds and yeah. holes are everywhere. Yeah. So I've been taking my sand shrimp gun. And a couple of folks had messaged me and asked, uh, what do you do with all them sand shrimp or how do you, you know, can you cure them? And right. I basically over the years had always told persons, yeah, the only cure for curing sand shrimp is to don't try and cure it because it doesn't work. <laughs> um, but I started messing around with a few things. And one thing I have been doing, I've been pretty happy with the end result. Mm -hmm. And for me, the end result is ultimately then how do they fish? Mm -hmm. And do they, do they not smell like rotten shrimp? Mm -hmm. Do they still smell like sand shrimp? And do they stay together? And do they stay yeah. together? And how do they fish? So... I've been freezing them in water, and uh, I'm not using. I can't use water from the tap here because we're on a well. I don't have, you know, it's not public water, sure. so that's sure. fine, right? So yeah. if I didn't have access to that, I'd be using distilled water out of a bottle, mm -hmm. out of a gallon jug. Mm -hmm. But I'm freezing them in water in a small container, and then when I thaw them out, the first batch I did, I realized as that heavy block of ice melts, and the shrimp start getting exposed out of the ice, the weight of the ice continues to crush. Yeah. The shrimp. So I thought, okay. So I just put it in a bowl full of water, and I let the ice melt in the bowl of and water. They kind of fall out of they the ice. They just kind of block. fall out, and there's yeah. nothing crushing them. And then I take them out, and I would put them on paper towels, mm -hmm. uh, leg or belly side up. Mm -hmm. Sprinkle a little bit of non-iodized sea salt on them, mm -hmm. and then put them in a container. And I got to tell you, the next day I went down 
to a tributary on the on the uh, Columbia here chasing Spring Chinook, and they fished fantastic. Mm -hmm. And they were in the freezer for a couple weeks, and then took them out yeah, and they did that process. Good. So they're very I mean, delicate. They're very very yeah. delicate. You can't expect them to last a long time. But if you're going to go and gun up a bunch of sand shrimp, and you don't want them to go to waste, the other option is you can dry them out as I've showed before, demonstrated in your uh, in your dehydrator, mm. and then you can grind them up into powder, and then you can add that sand shrimp powder into some of your eggs when you're curing eggs, and it works really, really well. Just make sure you don't try to dry fruits or vegetables after you dry sand I shrimp. I do it at the same your, time. You do it at the same time, <laughs> same banana time. chips, and it, yeah, it all, all, it all, all just comes runs together. together. It's all nice fantastic. Shrimp flavor. So anyway, there's a couple options. I've been experimenting with a few different ones and finding success that I would mm. say, yeah, give this a try. I think you'll be happy with how it works. So right just some things to think about. Cool. Uh, hey, I don't know if you saw this, the Boston Harbor Access over here, outside of Olympia for area access to Area 13. Yeah. yeah closed May 8th. Um, apparently, it's going to be closed all the way through November. They're revamping the entire thing. Boat ramp, uh, adding bathrooms or upgrading, complete bathroom overhaul, parking lot, the whole deal. Um, folks are a little bit peeved about it because prime time between now and, say, August. Yeah, right. You'd like to be fishing Area 13. Right, and save that work for the winter. Yeah, and it's one of those mm -hmm. nice little public launch areas doesn't cost you a ton to be able to launch there because it's not private yeah and um it gives you great access they got the store there uh which i believe is remaining open through the construction project yeah um, so that one is closed got to find an alternative means of getting your boat in the right water. but there's other options right i mean i think you uh you've you've gone out of zittles a few times yep. and yep. the only problem is there right the launch is what is it 20 bucks Twenty dollar launch and, at and then if you if I just want to if I'm going with you and I'm meeting you there and I need to park my vehicle fifteen dollars fifteen dollars that mm -hmm. hurts a little bit that's that kind of sting. stings yeah yeah so that's that's kind of unfortunate but then you've also got you know you've got a few others right lures landing at the Nisqually Delta yep and then uh, Swantown Marina in downtown Olympia so you do have a couple other options you got a couple other options I would yeah. advise folks if you haven't used these launches before drive by in your personal vehicle before yeah. you tow your boat right. and look at the angle of entry of these ramps because right. some, some of these, these ramps are pretty small right and shallow yeah in other words they don't have a good drop to them to yeah. where a larger boat with deep motor would would mm -hmm. fit so they're pretty shallow in trajectory, and so you're going to have to put your truck in the water. Put a snorkel on your truck before you go to some of these <laughs> launches. Yep. Yeah, and if you want, you know, salt water all over your aluminum uh, wheels and that, you go ahead and do that. But that's yeah. not for me, so no thanks. things to think about. Hey, uh, I kind of mentioned it, Tributary Springers, the fishing is off and running. Um, you know, the numbers on the dam counts uh, going up, uh, almost 8,000 as of uh couple days ago or the 10th or whatever I had said previously um, but uh, they're trickling into some of these tributaries lots of boats I think the first day I went down there and fished one of my southwest Washington rivers uh, the spot I, I went to bank fish because it was mm -hmm. a Friday mm -hmm. and I had 12 or 14 drift boats come by me Wow and I think I accounted for driving out that morning after I was done um, in about somewhere between 30 and 40 drift boats wow. now, some of these smaller rivers that's a lot yeah, that seems like a lot. It's a lot of pressure, a lot of bank folks, definitely. You yep. drive by some of the more well-known bank opportunities. Those, Some of those guys are getting there at 2 or 3 in the morning, sleeping huh. in their trucks. So mm. I'm going, eh, you know, I like Spring Chinook, but, it, you know, mm. come on. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, take it on if you want to. But, uh, yeah, the tributary Spring Chinook fishing is happening. You know, places like the Cowlitz and the Lewis is closed. Kalama's open. There's mm -hmm. some other opportunities happening. Those upper fisheries, too. 
you mentioned it, bank fishing there at Drano. Yeah. And uh, if you want to <laughs> want to go do that, so it's not like there isn't opportunity. There is opportunity. You just need to be willing to go find it. Yep. And we'll see how it goes. Okay. Couple other things to discuss. Uh, yeah, we got a. <laughs> today was interesting. Yeah, interesting. We have a fishing yes. report. Okay. What Actually, is it? We got Let's a hear bit it. of a fishing report it. that we're going to get into. But we're going to jump out for a quick break. So stick around for this as we close out the show. Some insightful bits of information in today's report. It's coming to you right after this. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride in Bremerton, Washington. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why Arima boats are backed with a lifetime warranty. Arima can offer every boat with Honda outboard packages so that you can take advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. Call or stop by Arima Boats today and let them help you get into your very next boat. All right, welcome back here in the studio as we close out the show. So, Thomas, uh, me and buddy DJ got out on the water today. Yeah, you did. We, uh, we took opportunity of a uh, pretty decent uh, outlook on the tide and lack of wind and sunshine and thought, you know. And your retirement. Yeah. Oh, well, there's that. There's kind of a little jealousy over here. Yeah, well, yeah. let's just look past that. Okay, just, you know. okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, hey, let's just, I mean, why not? It's right here in the backyard. Let's just yeah. go fish Area 13 and see. Which is open year-round. Open year-round. Right, you have, what you said, one or two fish two per fish. person? Two fish. Two fish per person, okay. Two fish, two rod endorsement. Yeah. Yep. But we opted to take the jigging rods because you and I in talking and kind of putting this whole thing together. Yes. Um, this is the approach yep, for jigging right in Puget Sound. And I don't need to run all the way up to Area 10 when it opens to jig. I want to get right. out here in 13 to start practicing. Right. And so let's talk a little bit about this setup with edge and accurate and kind of our approach to jigging for Chinook and Puget Sound. That's right. Yeah, so this is completely... It's if you're if you're a born and raised Pacific Northwest fisherman, this is counterintuitive for you. Hundred okay? percent. This is um, this is Edge's slow pitch jigging rod. This is a power one. Okay, so you talk. They have, you know, power zero through four. The powers are associated with the weight of the jig, and it's really um, it's completely different than you know the the parabolic like high speed jigging action right where you're you're watching I th you know I think Shimano was one of the first ones in the U.S. to kind of bring it forward and say hey this mm -hmm. is speed jigging you know you buy these jigs where most of the weight is in the bottom of the jig and it's a reaction bite but it, you got to make your jig look like a fleeing bait fish right like a healthy bait fish right. and you're sitting there getting a full full body cardio workout as you pump this rod up and down and up and down trying to make this jig work through the system. This is not that, okay? This is slow pitch jigging mm -hmm. where the rod does the work and you don't have to jig like a madman. And the science and the technology in the blank is really how the rod unloads, mm -hmm. okay? So the rod is designed to lift the jig in the water column and then make it slide to the side and then kind of flutter back and forth, right? And all yep. of the jigs, if you look at the slow pitch jigs, majority of them are asymmetrically weighted, right? So they have a lot different action than your speed jigs that are just symmetrical and bottom weighted, right? Or maybe just bottom weighted. Um, it's not a knife jig, it's not a high speed jig, it's, it's a slow pitch jig. And so what you guys did today is you went out, you took your accurate 500N, yep. right? Which is a 500 narrow, the N stands for narrow. And you can tell this is an SBJ because you got the T-bar big handle on it, right? Yep. And you guys jigged 
all day yep. and you jigged four to seven ounce jigs and not once did you guys get tired no. because this this rod weighs literally nothing correct okay and then um furthermore you've got this you know you've got a really good handle so you can you're grabbing the rod and the reel with your right hand you're grabbing the reel with your left hand you've got like the best handle you can ever have on a fishing rod yeah right yeah i mean it fills your handle it's not like in your fingers right it's in the palm of your hand yep right the other thing is folks need to get accustomed to as you're jigging this because you're right you can jig all day uh three and a half four ounce jigs mm -hmm. um and don't feel like you were jigging today at all right and we hooked into some fish and you're fighting those fish you know you got to remember that thing is designed to be tucked up under your armpit that's right and just you know use the rod to leverage and yeah. uh, let the rod do the work against that fish and you would think you know that rod is rated 20 to 40. Mm -hmm. it's six foot four one piece rod the diameter of the butt of that rod is smaller than the diameter of our pinky fingers that's right and yet that's right we got into some decent chinook today and i'm here to tell you that rod all day long right like, just and so, and so the you know the thing that's beautiful about this setup and and again it's it's counterintuitive because you know even if you can use this same rod the same reel the same line to go out and catch a 35 pound albacore yeah. to catch a 50 pound halibut right and i think for a lot of people that's a foreign concept right because you're running 30 pound braid on here mm -hmm. okay and you've got oh that feels like a 25 pound maybe top shot there yep. and um you know the thing that's that's weird right is that the rod selection when you select your power what you're doing is you're selecting the jig weight and then aligning the rod to the jig and the weight of the jig that you pick is really dependent on a couple things how deep you're fishing uh -huh. right and then how much current you anticipate in that area and then also the profile of the jig mm -hmm. because you can have some really narrow thin profiles you know something you know t to liken it to a point wilson dart in terms of of size right sure and you have some other jigs right and again a point wilson dart is not a slow pitch jig but just to give people an idea and then you have a lot wider jigs right mm -hmm. um you know people are familiar with a flat fall jig sure um and so it really depends on the size of the jig what you and how the rod works the jig through the water column so those rods uh i paired them up today mostly uh, dj and i are fishing the uh the grim reefer yeah and let me tell you 3.5 and it's a wide jig mm -hmm. right um had excellent flutter on the fall and as you kind of mentioned it before it's all about how the rod loads up yeah and then slingshots that jig mm -hmm. with no effort on my part yep right i'm just i'm just popping the rod up nice and easy the rod loads with the resistance mm -hmm. of the jig and all of a sudden it slings it and you can just feel it unload and it's going to catapult that thing up and then it's going to naturally free fall and you just follow it down and once it goes taut again you just pop it up and yeah i uh, can't tell you obviously as would be for most case in salmon you know they hit it on that on that drop mm -hmm. and you feel that interruption yes you feel that interruption yep. and then you start cranking a couple times and come up and set the hook and next thing you know you're like oh yeah that's yeah. a good fish right yeah now i want to give i want to give a fair warning to people right so this is um you know the rod is designed to work the jig through the water column it is really not designed to fight the fish you fight the fish with the reel Correct. right and and you know some people look like well why do you need um it's amazing you know accurate is famous for designing super small reels that have the most amazing drags in the world right <laughs> yeah and then you look and you go well why the hell do you need that right well let me tell you what the the fight of the fish is taken out on the reel it's mm -hmm. not taken out on the rod mm -hmm. 
you never break the horizontal plane with a slow pitch rod. If you do, it's it's a recipe for disaster. Trust me, I know. Okay, <laughs> so you want to keep the rod at a horizontal or lower and really fight the fish with the reel. And that's why another reason why they put such a big handle on it, right? Because you're you're literally grabbing this and fighting the fish through yeah. the reel. Yeah. yeah, I would say there's a couple times a day that I was probably up a little bit horizontal, but that's mm -hmm. because you got a 20 pound Chinook that's on the surface. Yeah. And he, you know, we're over here at the south end and he's going north and yeah. he's just straight on out and just peeling line like a madman. Yeah. I've got some video of um, catching tuna on the slow pitch rod last summer, you know, mm -hmm. the power zeros and the power ones. And sometimes those fish take a run underneath the boat. And I went back and I, I went through the video and I took some stills out of the video and I looked at the deflection of the rod and it almost made me cringe <laughs> to see how much this rod was bending, right? Yes. So yeah. you really uh, yeah. you really want to be careful in that sense. You can't just, it's not a rod that's, you know, you can just reef on no matter what. You can't sure. high stick it. Yep. Um, it's, it's very point designed. Yes, it is. Well, uh, it's going to be a game changer. Uh, you know, got uh, two of the ones, two of the zero powers and... Uh, depending on size of jigs and where I'm fishing and current, all those things. Yeah. That is my tool I'm putting to use since this entire season. Mm -hmm. Anytime I'm hitting uh, Puget Sound and we're out there jigging uh, for Chinook and or even Coho. So, Are you telling people how many fish you cut or is that a secret you don't want? Mm, no, we don't talk about Okay, we don't here. talk about that. It was a great day. There was, was one fish day. retained. Uh, well, <laughs> 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 only because of fins. Too many fins. Uh, it was a great day. Yeah. DJ and I had a fantastic day on the water and we can look forward to doing some more of that. It's a big area out there. You yeah. gotta find some areas that are conducive yeah. to holding fish, and if you can get into it, and the tide structure is right, and mm -hmm. the wind is, uh, you know. And you found some bait too. Found some bait. Yeah. Found one sea lion. Oh, uh, one too many. That left us alone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, an all around mm -hmm. fantastic day. The only reason we had to get off the water is because I had to get back here in time to do, to do the show. <laughs> so, That's right. Anyway, hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Tommy, we got more jigging talk to get through this summer. In addition to our ocean fisheries, we'll be focused on some of our Puget Sound troll fisheries and, mm -hmm. of course, the jigging opportunity and some things that we could be out there doing to find success. And we're going to help you guys as well, either here in studio in the bait lab or on the water. Mm -hmm. So that's Amen. Uh, all right. Looking forward to a fantastic weekend. Weather's conducive. We'll be back out on the ocean. Hopefully you find some time to get out on the water as well. Post your pictures. Uh, to our Facebook page. Before I get out of here, hey, I do need to remind everybody, yes, Tommy, uh, second to last reminder, I guess, our Kids Trout Derby is coming up yes. in a matter of, uh, well, 10 days or so. Mm -hmm. um, Kids Trout Derby, hey, go to our Facebook page, go to my personal page, all the information is there. If you haven't heard about it, you must be uh, under a rock. Kids 14 and under, fish for free, all right? This is a kids annual trout derby, third annual Fish Hunt Northwest and Summit Lake community uh, folks helping out with the kids trout derby. It's held here at the community center. It starts at daylight, weigh in opens at 9 a.m. You must be in line by 11 a.m. to weigh in and check in your fish and get your kids signed in. You don't need to come see us before you go fishing, just show up at the location afterwards. Parking attendants on hand, going to help you go park your truck and boat over there at the church. Plenty of room. We'll have persons walk in the parking lots, watching mm -hmm. your boats and gear. So moms and dads and parents, you can take your time, enjoy the awards, 
uh, not worry about your gear. So plenty of people there to help. We could use some more volunteers uh, if you're so inclined. So hit us up on Facebook or Messenger. Let us know that you'd like to attend and help out. That would be great. Um, what else? Kids Trout Pond, five and under get to fish the Trout Pond. Again, all free. WDFW is supplying 250 trout in the trout pond for kids five and under. Mission Outdoors, huge contributor this year, bringing the trout pond, also providing lunch and breakfast, mm -hmm. completely free. Stop by early, get some breakfast, enjoy lunch during the awards, all drinks, all food, all free the entire day. This isn't going to cost you a dime. Tons of prizes, thousands of dollars worth of prizes, thanks to our mm -hmm. generous sponsors, which we'll get into next week. Uh, thousands of dollars have been donated. We're buying we're buying the farm, man. We are going to show up there with so much stuff to give to these kids. It's going to be fantastic. So look up the information on our Facebook page. Uh, make sure you make plans to attend May 20th, May 20th, Saturday, here, Summit Lake, third annual Fish Hunt Northwest and Summit Lake Community Trout Derby. All right. Going to do it for us this week, Tommy. We'll hey, be before, back. before we jump out, before Again. we jump out, Okay. happy Mother's Day to all the mothers Thank out you. there. If it yeah. wasn't for my mom... I would not be where I am today this is true. in terms of fishing. My mom taught me how to fish. I grew up here in the Seattle region and uh, learned how to fish on Puget Sound. So yep. happy Mother's Day. We appreciate you all. Yes, we do. And I appreciate every time you put that picture up. Yeah, it's a good one, huh? And then you yeah. remind everybody this started the addiction right yep. there, right? So, yes, it did. Yeah, good on you, man. All right, yes, happy Mother's Day to all of you. And uh, we will see you next Thursday right here in studio live, 6 p.m. Make sure you're not late. Join us. Have a great weekend. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and, of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. And finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.